0: All right, we are back on the Fit-ish Project, getting into another episode here this week. I thought that this week, um, you know, I was thinking about different things to talk about, different topics, and I was thinking about some recent fitness myths that i had come across and how, you know, there's quite a few myths out there, especially around fitness, nutrition, health. Um, It seems like there's a ton of misinformation out there. And obviously, you know, with social media, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all that stuff, there's an overabundance of information and a lot of people talking about things and oftentimes a lot of things are super conflicting, um, can be super confusing and makes it much, much harder for you to understand what you actually should be focusing on and what you should be listening to and, you know, the steps that you should be following to actually see the results that you want. I think back to, you know, when I started my own personal, you know, weight loss goals, uh, was which was about eight years ago at this time. You know, Instagram and social media and stuff like that was obviously around, but it wasn't nearly as prevalent. It wasn't full of different you know information and influencers and people and that sort of thing. So like I didn't even really go to social media at first to figure out different tips and approaches to weight loss. I just went to Google and I just googled you know certain things about weight loss, how to do it, um, what I should be focusing on. And that was kind of how I approached it. And it made it a little bit easier to be honest, because like I said, you didn't have all these conflicting views. You didn't have everybody preaching to you about their certain diet and how this way is the best way and how, if you do this, it's not going to work. And if you do this, it's going to be way better. Like all that information can get super confusing. So I thought with this podcast, I would talk about five myths that are stopping you from your progress. These are super common uh, fitness myths that have been around for quite a while and, um, things that I think, like I said, hurt your progress. So like, obviously, if it's a myth, it's not true. Um, And those type of things are what can hold you back and make you not enjoy the journey as much and can be just super frustrating at times. I mean, because if you go into, let's say you have the goal of, let's just say, for example, you have the goal that you want to gain muscle. And somebody tells you that, you know, you should lift, lift weights, which, you know, that seems logical, but they tell you, you should only lift, super super lightweights because you don't want to hurt yourself you don't want to get big and bulky um, so that you should only just lift lightweights and that's it so you go about your business you listen to that advice you lift lightweights and you know a couple weeks goes by you're not really seeing any progress a couple months go by you're not really seeing any progress and eventually like you get frustrated you're like why is this not working i'm supposed to be following this advice it's not really working i'm not gaining muscle i look the exact same and that's because it's not true so when you have these certain things, and that is, by the way, that's a myth that a lot of people thought for a very long time. Like if you didn't want to get bulky, that you should just lift light weights. And you know, if you lift too heavy of weights, you're gonna injure yourself or you're gonna to get too big. And both those things are myths in themselves. So that's why myths can be so dangerous and honestly just annoying. So we'll talk about five of the really common ones here and uh hopefully. Give you a couple things that you can uh, take away from this podcast, but just a couple things that we'll touch on. Talk about, you know, if certain foods actually do make you fat or not, which is a common topic. Uh, we'll talk about, you know, how much you need to work out in order to see progress. Uh, there's a pretty big, you know, myth out there that you need to be working out every single day or working out, you know, multiple times a day, even and doing a bunch of cardio and spending two hours in the gym. And we'll talk about. Number one, why that's not true and what you should actually be doing. And then we'll also talk about whether or not spot reducing fat is possible, which spoiler alert, it is not a real thing. But we'll talk about what you should actually be doing instead of that. So um, we'll get into this one, um, starting with myth number one, which I just mentioned just a second ago, and that is that certain foods make you fat or make you gain weight. And I've touched on this in other podcasts and talked about it in some of my social media content on Instagram and TikTok. And number one, that's just flat out not true. I will say before I get going and talking about examples of why this is not true and you know what you should actually be focused on that yes, certain foods are absolutely easier to overeat, but certain foods do not make you fat. So for example, there's been people that have lost weight on literally like junk food diets. Like they're eating Twinkies, Doritos, all types of junk food, but they're eating less calories than their body needs to maintain their weight. And in turn, they lose weight. There's also been people that have lost weight by doing what's called a Big Mac diet. So they literally ate a Big Mac every single day for 30 days, but they were eating under their calorie maintenance. So, they actually lost weight within that period, which, like, you think about those two examples and you're like, you think about like junk food, automatically, you think it's gonna make you fat. You think about like fast food, McDonald's, or anything like that, like any type of fast food is automatically gonna make you fat or make you gain weight. And that's just not the case, right? So, the big take home point to understand is that certain foods are not going to necessarily make you fat. It is overeating foods which makes you gain weight. Um, So, if you overeat, you know, the healthiest diet ever. Like, let's just say you're eating all chicken, rice, vegetables, you know, fruit, all that stuff that we deem as, you know, super healthy, clean foods. If you ate enough of that stuff and you were eating more than your maintenance calories, you would gain weight from that stuff. So it's it's not the type of food, it's overeating any type of food. So that's what you really have to understand. And I think once you do actually understand that it's not these certain foods, it allows you to be a little bit more flexible be a little bit more relaxed in your approach and include some of those things. If you do want those things, not that you have to have those, but if you want to have some of those things, like if you want to have a dessert every once in a while, if you want to have some fast food, occasionally that sort of thing, then you can fit them in there without automatically thinking like, Oh, if I go have fast food, I'm automatically going to gain three pounds. That's not the way that it works. Right. And from a personal example, I've obviously you know, lost weight. And I've gone through multiple different phases of dieting at this point. And pretty much every single time that I diet, I always make sure that I include some of those foods. um, Because now I'm at a point where I can be more flexible, I have a little bit more self control, I don't struggle as much with, you know, overeating those type of things. So like, for example, last summer, uh, I wanted to lose 15 pounds before summer rolled around. So obviously went into a little cut, got myself in a calorie deficit, but pretty much every single day, Or every night I should say I was having some type of dessert, typically like little ice cream or like an ice cream sandwich or um, a small like candy bar or something like that. uh, Pretty much every single night throughout that whole, I think it was like an either an eight or 10 week cut that I did um, in order to lose that, in order to lose that um, 15 pounds. Maybe it was a little bit longer. It could have been 12 weeks, but regardless, either way, I was eating some type of dessert pretty much every single night making sure that, you know, I was satisfying my sweet tooth, but not just not overdoing it. And obviously, I continued with my diet, you know, lifted weights, was active, got my steps in, was in a calorie deficit, most importantly, and I lost that 15 pounds before summer rolled around. So just understand again, that, you know, it's not a certain food that is going to make you automatically gain weight. Like you don't just eat a donut in the next day, like the scale is up four pounds, because that donut has like these magic powers and they make you fat automatically. Right. And we hear these things with certain food groups. Like you probably heard at one time or another that carbs make you fat. That's obviously not true because if that was true, then there would be a lot of people in other countries where, you know, rice is a big staple that would have tons and tons of overweight people. And that's not true. When you look around the world and you see how much Rice and stuff like that, that people include, like the carbs and the veggies and stuff like that. And that's a big part of their diet. Those people aren't super overweight. And so, like, I mean, that kind of dispels that myth there. Like, you've probably heard that some people would say, like, if you eat too much fruit, it'll make you fat because it has a ton of sugar in it. And I mean, when you just think about that logically, like, nobody ever got, you know, obese or morbidly obese because they were eating too much fruit. Like, that just seems silly when you really sit down and think about it, right? Fruit's got tons of good nutrients in it, you know, it has fiber in it, and there's tons of other things out there that are much easier to overeat and are far more problematic than eating fruit. Um, you probably heard that fat makes you fat. Well, if fat made you fat, then there would not be a keto diet that people follow where they eat a majority of fat and they can lose weight on this type of diet. So again, the bottom line is that certain foods don't make you Gain weight. It is the simple fact of overeating more food or taking in more calories than your body actually needs, which will cause you to gain weight. Again, important to point out: certain foods are easier to overeat. Typically, the more processed foods, things that are you know have combinations of your sugar, fat, um, salt, all that good tasty stuff. That's just really easy to overeat. That stuff is going to be again easier to eat more of. Which in turn, if you're eating too much or eating more calories than you need, that is what is going to cause gaining weight. So if you're somebody, you know, who struggles with being able to have that self-control or, you know, you struggle with overeating or just taking in too much food and don't have as much um, self-control, then you may need to use some different strategies in order to help you manage that or maybe you stay away from those foods at certain times. Um, You know, if, if fat loss is the goal or maintaining is the goal, or, you know, there's all different types of strategies and things that you can use that I've talked about in other podcasts. But yeah, it's just something to be mindful of and just understand that, you know, certain foods, again, for like the 10th time are not going to make you fat. It's the simple fact that you're overeating is what is causing you to gain weight. So I think knowing and understanding that gives you a little bit of peace of mind, again, to be a little bit more flexible, include some of those things go out to eat with friends, have a dessert, have a drink without worrying that you're ruining all your progress and you're just going to gain a bunch of weight. Uh, Myth number two, uh, you must work out every day or at least six to seven times a week in order to see progress. I think most people know this is a myth, but you know, there's still people out there that will preach, you know, you need to be in the gym multiple hours. You need to be in the gym every single day. You need to be putting in the work all the time. And again, this is also not necessarily the case. In order to see progress, I would say a majority of people on average probably work out three to four times per week. You know, just the average person who has a family, has a social life, um, has a job, and, you know, has other responsibilities. Like the average person is probably getting in the gym, I would say, three to four times per week. But that's not to say that you can't even make you know, solid progress with two good workouts in a week. And then there's some people that have a little bit more time or maybe they really, really enjoy being in the gym and those people will get in the gym or exercise, you know, five times a week, which is perfectly fine too. But to think that you have to be in the gym for multiple hours a day or work out five, six, seven times a week, is just not true, right? You can make really good progress on two, three, four workouts a week, as long as you're being consistent with it and the time that you're actually putting in within those workouts is well-structured and you're following a good plan and, you know, training with the proper intensity and, you know, getting after it. And if you do those things, if you're consistent and you do that for a long enough period of time, you will continue to make progress. And the reason that I really don't like this myth around, you know, that you have to work out, so often is because a lot of times people will take this all or nothing approach. And they'll think like, okay, if I can't work out every single day, or if I can't get in the gym six times a week, then I'm just not going to do anything at all. And number one, that's a terrible mindset to take into fitness and just life in general, like it doesn't even make sense to to think about that way, right? Because something is always going to be better than nothing. Like, it just doesn't really make sense. Like, if you approached, you know, other things in your life, like, With that same approach of like, if I can't be perfect or if I can't, you know, get this much much in, or if I make a mistake or, you know, something like that, then I'm just gonna quit or I'm just not gonna do it at all. That would be very problematic. Like, let's say, for example, you go to work and, you know, you, you show up 10 minutes late, you're running behind, and you're like, well, since I missed the first 10 minutes, I'm just not gonna go at all today. Well, that'd be freaking ridiculous, right? Or like, if you go to school and You make a mistake you don't just go well i'm dropping out i'm quitting i made one mistake i'm not going to do this anymore but that's the approach that people often take with fitness like i made one mistake or i missed one workout or i couldn't be as you know consistent i couldn't get in the gym all four workouts this week so i'm just not going to do anything at all and that approach just leads to lack of results and then people get demotivated because they're not seeing the progress that they want to they're just inconsistent and it just turns into kind of a big you know shit show to be honest like be consistent that doesn't mean that things aren't going to come up sometimes and you might go off the rails a little bit on your diet or miss a workout or have to take some time off but again always getting in something is going to be better than nothing and the other thing about that is you know when you start to make those small gains like when you start to you know get in a couple workouts even if you can't get in every single workout you're still getting in you know a couple workouts that stuff starts to add up right and that's why i always talk about you know the 1% better and like when you think about things like compounding interest like doing those things time after time you know day after day week after week month after month like even if you're not getting every little thing in like every single meal in getting all your every single you know protein that you need to get in every single workout. And if you're getting a majority of that stuff, that stuff is still going to start to add up and it's going to make a lot bigger difference than if you weren't doing it. And the other thing along with that too, that I think people kind of forget about, and this was a term that I heard uh, recently on a podcast that I thought was really good. And it was just this idea of like mental momentum. So like people always think about the physical parts of, you know, training and like, you know the the actual actions of like working out and doing it, you know, getting the right foods and, you know, doing all the healthy behaviors, but a lot of the battle comes down to like the mental aspect of it, like getting yourself to actually do those things. And so when you can at least get some workouts in, make better meal choices, do some of the better healthy habits, even if you're not 100% perfect or 100% consistent, like starting to move in the right direction is building that mental momentum and then eventually like you start to build that up, build that up, you get better, you get more consistent, it continues to build and build until finally you get to a point where, you know, it starts to become a regular part of your life and it doesn't seem like it's so difficult and then before you know it, you know, you're crushing all your workouts, you're being super consistent, um you're getting your healthy meals in And all that stuff starts from starting and focusing on those small things and letting that build up into a place where, you know, it seems more natural and it just becomes a part of your identity. It just becomes a regular part of your lifestyle. So again, just because you can't do, you know, everything perfectly doesn't mean you shouldn't be doing nothing at all. Something is always going to be better than nothing. Uh, Myth number three, uh, this one's kind of an old one. And this one is the no pain, no gain. Now, I will say before I get into this one, like, not everything about fitness and not everything about health is simple or easy and you know there will be times where you have to struggle there will be challenges obviously and there will be times where you have to kind of grit through some things but there's a big difference between straining and like what we would call pain like especially from a physical aspect like if you're training with pain like physical pain Like you're training through certain injuries and, you know, you're making things worse and you just feel like trash all the time and like your workouts just aren't very good. Like that's never going to be a good thing. But I think that's something that, you know, people were taught to do. There's no, there's no pain then you're not doing it right. And like, like I said, there should be strain. It should be hard. You know, it should be a challenge, but you shouldn't be training through physical pain. So just understanding the difference between those two things and, um, one of the big things that I always talk about and kind of go back to is like this idea of sustainability. And if you're somebody who's constantly in pain and training through pain, then this probably isn't going to be a very sustainable thing for you. And I think that fitness should be you know, a lifelong thing. And if you were training through pain all the time and you just don't feel good and things are just just not as pleasant as they could be. And you're probably not going to stick to it and you're probably not going to enjoy it. And not to mention, you're just going to feel worse as you get older and you want to make sure that you know, you are training in the right way and not training through pain because a big part of this whole fitness thing is to train in a way where it allows you to do all the things that you enjoy in life. So like, like for me, for example, I'm someone who really enjoys playing sports and, you know, doing some things outdoors and going on hikes and lifting weights and, you know, being independent, being able to do everything uh, that I want to do. And if you're always in pain and training through pain, then eventually you're probably going to get to a point where like you have some pretty bad injuries and you're not allowed to do some of the things that you really enjoy doing in life. And that's a crappy place to be. So understanding, you know, there's a difference again, between straining and there's a difference between pain. So be smart about your training shouldn't be training through physical pain. Um, Things should be hard sometimes, but again, you don't need to be training through physical pain. So keep that one pretty short and sweet, but moving on to the fourth one, fourth out of five, rolling right through these. So this is two separate ones, but I think you hear both sides of this quite often. So you'll hear people that say fitness is easy. And then you'll also hear people that say, you know, fitness is miserable or it should be super hard. And I think that you should be finding it somewhere in the middle. So you'll see people sometimes like people whose whole job is catered around fitness and health, whether it's like an influencer or like, you know, a bodybuilder or like a bikini model or, you know, a athlete or whatever, whose literally sole job is like fitness, fitness and health. Like those people will be suggesting all these different things and saying, you know, it's super easy and anyone can do it. And all this other stuff. And then you'll hear people on the opposite end. That's like saying like, fitness should be hard. It should be grind, It should be terrible. And I think like, again, it should be somewhere in the middle. Like, like I talked about on the last point, like it shouldn't be super easy, super simple, because if it's super easy, then you're probably not going to get very good results, right? If it's easy all the time, then you're never challenging yourself. You're probably not going to get some of the physical benefits that you would like to get. You're probably not going to be getting some of the mental benefits that you would like to get. And then again, if it's, too, if it's too hard, like you don't enjoy it at all, then you're going to be less likely to stick with it. Um, you're not going to enjoy it nearly as much. And you're probably not going to be consistent with it. So finding where that balance is for you, where it's not too easy, but it's also not miserable, I think is a super, super important part of fitness. Because like I said, in the last point, we want this thing to be a lifelong thing. We want fitness to be a forever thing. And if it's miserable, you're probably not going to continue to do it, and if it's too easy and you're never seeing the benefits or the results that you want, you're also probably not going to be, you know, sticking with it and enjoying it too much. So, finding where that that balance is for you, and this may change, you know, at different times in your life when you have a little bit more time, um, when you don't have as many stresses going on, uh, maybe you really have some goals that you are like, you know, super set on, then you might be dialing it up a little bit where you can spend a bit more time hit it a little bit harder, crank the intensity up. And then there also might be other times where a little bit more stress, you have some life events come up, maybe you're busier, you know, you're just in that season of life where like, you don't have as much uh, energy and time to give to fitness and health, then you may dial it down a little bit. and That's perfectly fine. But just understanding again, that, you know, you should be falling somewhere on that spectrum. And where that is, is something that you kind of have to figure out for you in whatever stage of life that you're in. But understanding that, you know, it shouldn't be miserable, but it all shouldn't be too easy. And then getting into this very last myth, uh, talking about spot reducing fat, which a lot of people thought was possible for a very long time. And we know now through science and things like that, that spot reducing fat is not actually a thing. A lot of times you would see people that would like Especially on social media, you would see people like, if you want to lose your love handles, then you should do these, you know, oblique crunches and do these side bends. And since you're working the muscle in that area, it's going to make you lose fat in that area. It was the whole thought process behind it. Or like, if you want to lose belly fat, then you need to do a bunch of ab workouts. If you want to lose leg fat, then you need to do a bunch of leg workouts. And that's not really how it works, unfortunately. You can't just target a certain muscle and hope that the fat around that muscle is going to disappear because that's not how it works. So understanding number one, genetics do kind of play a role in how you store your body fat and where you actually lose your body fat from when you do start to lose weight. Um, that's something that you don't really have control over. So there is a certain factor of this that, you know, is just out of your control. Uh, but the things that you can focus on that you can control that will help to lose some of that body fat and shape up some of those muscles is lifting weights, number one. Um, you know, focusing on progressive overload, build muscle. Um, and then number two is controlling your calories. So a lot of times when people say that they want to, you know, look more toned, which some people don't like the word tone because it's not actually a thing, but what people mean when they say like toned or get more fit or get more cut, all they're basically saying is either building or maintaining muscle and then using a calorie deficit or weight loss to strip off some fat to kind of reveal that muscle. Um, So again, those are the two things that you need. Lifting weights, which helps you maintain or build more muscle, and then eating in a calorie deficit, which is going to help you lose some of that fat, give you that appearance of looking more fit, looking more cut, or looking more toned. So again, you know, I wish spot reducing fat was as simple as, you know, if I want to get, lose some fat in a certain area, I simply just go do an exercise that works that muscle that, you know, is around that fat, but that's not how it works. You have to build muscle, maintain muscle and then strip away the fat through a diet or a calorie deficit in order to reveal some of that muscle. And again, like I said, genetics will play a role in this part. So, if you've ever been somebody who has lost weight, there might have been like times where maybe you were a little frustrated because, you know, you're losing weight, but there's probably a certain area in your body that loses weight first and there's an area in your body that tends to hold on to a little bit more fat and doesn't lose it as easily. And really the only thing that you can do is continue to take your overall body fat percentage down. So for example, like for me, when I'm losing weight, um, probably the most weight or the the fat area that is kind of like the most stubborn or takes the longest to get off is the belly fat. Like I don't lose a ton of fat on my lower body. I hold more of it in my torso. So like when I start to go into calorie deficit and I start losing fat, I don't typically lose a whole lot in my legs, but I'll lose it in my upper body. And then probably the last of it to go will be like right around the stomach area, which is pretty typical for a lot of males. A lot of males tend to hold more body fat in their upper body, uh, like in their torso area, in their chest, in their stomach. So they'll lose that fat you know, but it'll take longer because there's more of that fat in their upper body. So it'll take longer to actually get, you know, leaner in that area. And then for women, typically they store a lot more body fat in their lower body, um, you know, in their hips and their butt and their thighs. So for them, it'll take a little bit longer to lose fat in that area, if that makes sense. Um, but again, there will be a genetic component to it. That's not the case for every single person. Some people lose it in different areas first versus others Uh, but if you are let's say you're dieting and you know you're looking to lose body fat from a certain area and you're losing weight you're losing fat but you're not necessarily losing it from that certain area really your your only bet is to continue to lose body fat overall and eventually that area that you're trying to get down will shrink up or you'll lose fat in that area but it's one of those things where like you have to kind of weigh out the pros and cons. Like if you're already, you know, you've already lost quite a bit of weight or, you know, you're at a lower body fat percentage, like is the cost of lowering your body fat percentage where you have to diet longer and the dieting may start to get a little bit harder and losing that fat, like might be a tough task and might cause you to have to eat less for a while. Um, it may be very hard to maintain. That's just something that you have to weigh out. Is it actually worth, you know, spending all that time and effort and energy to lose that fat? Or are you just cool with lowering your overall body fat, looking leaner, looking better, looking more athletic, but holding on to just a little bit more of that fat? That's something that you kind of have to figure out for yourself. It might be worth it for you, it might not. But again, as you start to get lower in those body fat percentages, and you start to get, you know, more lean and more fit, it does become harder, uh, just because you're eating less food. Um, sometimes, you know, you don't have as much energy and things just get more difficult, the smaller that you get and the less body fat that you have. So something that you have to think about way out for yourself and, uh, kind of figure out. But so that kind of wraps it up. Those were the five myths that I kind of wanted to go over, you know, just a quick review of those. So number one, certain foods make you fat. You know, that is not true. Uh, number two is that you need to be working out every single day in order to see progress. We know, that's not true. Uh, no pain, no gain. That's an old thing that just needs to die. Don't listen to that advice. Um, fitness is super easy, and fitness is super hard, or should be miserable. That is not the case either. Find a balance and find what works for you in order for you to actually have a sustainable and enjoyable relationship with fitness and health. And number five, spot reducing fat is a thing. We know that that is not a thing. Um, So hopefully, you know, talking about those five myths gave you a little bit of clarity. Maybe there was something that you learned about one of those or a couple of those and, uh, you know, gave you a little insight into how you can progress and move through your fitness journey again, because there's nothing worse than putting in a ton of hard work, investing time and just like really putting your all into something and not really seeing the results like sucks. So having the right information and the right knowledge around fitness and health is Really important, and uh, so hopefully in this episode was able to give you some of that and clear up maybe some things that you were confused about. But yeah, that's all I have for now. In conclusion, uh, like always, thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. You know, if this was something that you enjoyed and and or um, you know this could be helpful to somebody that you know, share it with them. Share it on your socials, all that good stuff. Um, leaving a review helps as well. Um, really appreciate those of you who have done that. Uh, means a lot. And uh, until next time, that's all I got for you.